Welcome to Ride Over Stride, episode 59. Welcome to Ride Every Stride with Van Hargis, a podcast about horsemanship and more. Our goal is to educate, motivate, inspire, and entertain you through an exploration of everything horsemanship and the intersection of horsemanship and humanship. My name is Laura McClellan, and I'm your co-host on Ride Every Stride, and I am here again with Master Horseman Van Hargis. How are you doing today, Van? Laura, I'm just absolutely wonderful. Thank you for asking. Just, um, enjoying what some people might call a late fall, early winter. And I just feel sorry for anybody that's experiencing cold weather because I have no idea what they're talking about. Unless they're talking about something under under 60 degrees. And that to me would be freezing, not cold, but freezing. So that's the glorious part about being in South Texas. Yeah, that's for sure. It's a much milder winter than probably a lot of your listeners are experiencing even now as they're listening to this. So... What are we talking about now uh, today on Ride Every Stride? Well, Laura, you know, we, we go to a lot of places, whether it be clinics or horse expos. And because of that, we see a lot of people and people love to share their stories with me, which I always welcome because I just some of the stories are just very touching. Sometimes the stories are quite hilarious. And some stories, quite frankly, just make me tilt my hat and scratch my head. But either way, I, I love the stories that people share with us. But I got to tell you, the, the stories that I love the most is when they start with, well, Mr. Van, we were doing something and all of a sudden and for no reason. And as soon as they tell me that, I know we're in for a doozy because already my brain has already clicked in. And I think, first of all, nothing happens all of a sudden and there's always a reason. But I don't interject that until after I hear the story because I don't want to I don't want to I don't want to stop the story because I know it's going to be a humdinger. But I just want to, today our topic's going to be just that, all of a sudden and for no reason. And I want people to understand what I mean by that when I say that nothing happens with a horse all of a sudden, and there's always a reason. Because usually what they're sharing with me is that, oh, the horse for all of a sudden bucked, or it bolted, or it flinched, or jumped, or it's usually something negative. And it usually ends up with a funny story about how the rider hit the ground or barely hung on or got dragged halfway across the pasture. And well, that may be funny to me, but may not be funny to the person that's happened to at the moment. But, <laughs> but um, <laughs> well, either it's way, funny when they're, I, it, it's funny when they're <laughs> telling the story because you know they survived it. <laughs> right. It probably right. wasn't funny at when the it time. happened. Yeah, exactly. At the time, they're probably thinking their eyes are bugged out and they're just holding on for everything they've got. But once they realize. <laughs> Once they realized they survived, it's like, man, did you see that? <laughs> oh, well. But uh, first of all, I just want folks to realize that I really, truly enjoy the stories. And I hope that anything we say here today doesn't discourage people from sharing them with us. But I got to tell you, in the back of my mind, I'm always laughing at you. Um, but <laughs> and it's, it's just always, <laughs> it's always really fun, though, to hear these, hear these stories. But first of all, I just want f- folks to realize that part of the, the, the fun part with horses is that they're so incredibly honest. I mean, they really are. When things are, are worrying them, they pretty well let us know well in advance. They're kind of worried. They're kind of stressed. They're kind of anxious. All we have to do is just learn to pay attention to those signs. And if we're not paying attention to those signs and then a reaction occurs, to us, I'm sure it seems like it happened all of a sudden. But the reality is, is that the horse is usually pretty well telling us that something's about to happen. And it's not that all of a sudden things don't happen. I mean, for example, 
I was riding a horse one time and this was really kind of crazy. We're just riding along and I was riding actually with another guy. We were riding on a ranch and we were going down in an area that had been flooded about a year before that. And a lot of the trees in the area were dead. And we were actually talking about, man, I can't believe there's so many dead trees down here. And I can't believe that flood drowned all these trees, you know, that all these trees died just because it was flooded. And um, so that was kind of the topic of the discussion as we're walking along. And then literally all of a sudden, a tree limb fell out of the tree and barely missed our horse's heads because it fell just right in front of us and plop, there it was. And of course, when it hit the ground, it made a huge noise and limbs broke off of that limb. And it was just a kind of a big train wreck. Well, of course, as soon as that happened, we were startled, but our horses kind of splattered too. And what I mean by that is all four feet went four different directions. You know, the horses just went, well, that to me was an all of a sudden moment. But the reason for the splatter, in other words, the reason for the reaction of the horse was obviously the tree limb. And it came with little to no warning. I mean, the only warning that we had is that we heard the limb crack as it let go above. But by the time we realized that something above us cracked, the limb had already crashed in front of us. So things like that can happen very, very quickly. Another scenario that happens down here in South Texas a lot, we have a tremendous number of deer and of course, we've got a lot of tall grass in South Texas. So it's not uncommon for certain times of the year for the deer to be kind of bedded down in the tall grass and especially in windy weather. So the deer want to lay down so that they aren't, I guess, uh, being af- affected by the sounds of the wind so much. So they'll just bed down and wait for the wind to calm. Well, if you happen to be riding your horse along and you're, you ride up on one, then sometimes your horse won't know the deer's there either. Either he won't smell it or he won't see it because it's in the tall grass. And you get really close to it, and the deer, we, we've gotten into the bubble of the flight zone of the deer, and they'll just bounce up and take off very quickly. That's an all-of-a-sudden type of moment. Another scenario that may happen to people that are in bird country, whether it be quail or pheasant or turkey, is they could ride up on on birds. And oftentimes those birds won't fly up until just the very last moment. And right as you get there, the birds will fly up and that'll startle your horse. So things do sometimes happen all of a sudden. But in most cases, the horses are doing their best to be aware just because it's in their nature to be cautious, to be curious, and to be aware of their environment. So in most cases, the horses may sense something ahead. Their ears will come up or their head will elevate. Maybe their stride will change a little bit. Sometimes their stride will get faster. Sometimes it'll get slower. Sometimes it'll just feel like it's got a little bit of uh, an anxious feel to it. In other words, it's not as rhythmic as it might be if they were totally relaxed. So even though there are times to where there's all of a sudden type things that happen, most cases, horses are trying to tell us that there's something in the environment that's different. And our job is to simply be aware of that. And when I say be aware of it, I don't mean be worried, don't be panicky, don't tighten up on the reins and, and freak out and hold your horse, you know, hold the bit real tight in the horse's face or squeeze harder with your legs because that's only going to increase the anxiety. But when the horse does show us those signs, just relax and just be aware of it. Be prepared in case something does happen that may seem to be all, all of a sudden, but just be aware of it. Just be, you know, very keenly aware. And then, of course, when the deer pops up or when the limb falls out of the tree or when the deer or when the, the birds fly up or when the cow decides to take off running. In other words, whenever that other thing happens that we sometimes perceive as being all of a sudden, we know now that that is the reason for the horse's reaction. 
But that reaction can be minimized if we're simply just aware of it. If we're just paying attention and we're aware of it, we're already kind of thinking ahead. Well, and it seems to me as as I'm listening to you describe these different scenarios that there's a difference between something in the environment happening all of a sudden and the horse doing something all of a sudden and for no reason. Like, like you were saying, the horse is going to be giving us signals by its behavior before it does whatever the thing is, you know, run off with you or start bucking or uh, any number of things. So aside from just never talking to anybody while you ride and, 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 you know, paying really close attention to everything the horse does every moment that you ride, what things can we do as riders to, to be prepared if, if something in the environment goes weird and, and gets a reaction out of our horse? Well, first of all, we just have to think ahead. For example, um, we have to realize that if we're riding out in tall grass, there's always that possibility of a wild animal or a bird or, or something like that flying up, you know, or a snake going across the ground, which the crazy thing is every horse, you know, I, I was so disappointed by the movies. I mean, I, I, you know, you'd always see on the movies, the old Westerns, where if you saw a snake, the horse always read up, freaked out before the cowboy got a chance to shoot the head off the rattlesnake. So the, the reaction was always negative, right? The old horse always saw a snake and freaked out. The, the first and only time I've ever had a horse that literally straddled a snake as we were walking around or walking over it, the horse wanted to stop and turn around and go smell of a snake. And I thought, you've got to be kidding me. I mean, here I was ready for the rodeo. I was ready for this horse to freak out and do something all of a sudden. And the reality was he literally just put his nose down and wanted to follow the snake and smell of it. And I had to pull the horse away because I thought, well, heck, I don't want the snake to get offended and turn around and strike out and actually give the horse a reason to, to freak out. But nonetheless, we just have to be aware of the environment. Where are we riding? What are the, what are the possible scenarios that, that's out there? And again, I tell people that not for, for them to be worried and panicky, but just simply be aware. And here's an analogy I want folks to be aware of, Laura. Let's say for a ride, a reason, or let's say for whatever reason you're riding a car, through a neighborhood and you happen to see one of those signs that say kids at play and you look way ahead and say four or five yards ahead, you see some kids playing kickball out in the front yard. As you're driving up there, you shouldn't be surprised if the ball rolls out into the street because you're aware of it. You know, you saw the environment, you knew you're going through a neighborhood. You saw a sign that actually said kids at play or whatever those little yellow signs say. And then you, you happen to visually see kids in the yard playing. So common sense would tell us just to be prepared if the kids happen to run out in the street or if the ball happens to come rolling out into the street, right? So we just have to be aware of the environment that we're riding in and then, and, or driving a vehicle in. And in cases where we're on horseback, be aware of where we're riding. What are the possible things that could go wrong or that could happen? Not necessarily they'd go wrong, but what are some of the possible things that could happen? And then just have yourself prepared for those. It doesn't mean, again, you've got to panic and put a death grip on the steering wheel in the neighborhood, or it doesn't mean you've got to automatically ride with your foot on the brake. It just means you might want to slow down and be prepared in case something does happen. If you're on horseback, you just might want to be aware, be a little bit more relaxed in the saddle, talk to your horse, sing your favorite song so you keep breathing. I mean, there's so many little things you can do to be prepared for that potentially negative situation. If nothing happens, great. But if something does happen, you've got yourself 
prepared for it mentally and you've already got a plan in mind is what you might do whenever something like that does occur. So I think that's always real important for us to think about is just where, where are you riding? You know, what's your environment? What are the possible things that could go wrong or what are the things that could go right? In other words, just be thinking about those things as, as you ride. And, uh, and the more you do, the more prepared you'll find that you'll be. And if, and another thing I like about riding out like that, rather be on a trail ride or out on a ranch or just someplace that's kind of unfamiliar is that that, if nothing else, it's just good practice for us. It practice, it gives us good practice on how to practice awareness. It also time, it also gives us an opportunity to, to practice what would happen if the horse did bolt about something or flinch at something or, or try to turn around and buck. What would we do in that scenario? And can we practice that in a controlled environment? So that whenever it happens in the real scenario, that the horse isn't startled by our response to its reaction. Yeah, I mean, all of this kind of is summed up in in a, in a way that is all all of what you've just been saying about how to prepare and how to be in that moment. It's kind of summed up in the title of this podcast, which is you just need to ride every stride. You need to be aware of what's around you, what your horse is doing you know, your limitations and capabilities and everything. Right. Absolutely. And you know, it's funny. Um, and there's all sorts of different things, you're right. I mean, for example, here's something that was very planned and it just didn't go to plan. Many years ago when I was fairly young, uh, we used to hire ourselves out to go catch cattle for people or to gather cattle that had crossed fences that they shouldn't have crossed. And one of our ranchers, uh, rancher buddies called and, uh, he, uh, wanted to know if we could come and help him catch his Charlet bull that crossed the fence to go breed some other neighbor's heifers. And, uh, so of course we did. And when I say we, I'm talking about my stepfather and I, and, um, needless to say, my stepfather was like a bull in a china closet. He was all go and was excited about going and doing things. But to be honest, he just wasn't the best horseman in the world. He didn't have a really good seat. He was often, let's just say oftentimes you found him on the ground, either a horse moved out from underneath him or he got bucked off or whatever the case may be. Well, for whatever reason, we go out to go catch Mr. Babs' bull and we realized that we weren't going to be able to to drive him back where we wanted him to go. So we're going to have to rope him and then have somebody pull down there with a trailer and drag him into the trailer. The sad part was, is that my stepfather, who wasn't the best roper between the two of us, but he always insisted on trying to catch the bull first. It was, he just always wanted to be the first one to put a rope on the bull and, um, or the cow, whatever we were out trying to catch that particular day. Well, we get the bull separated from this guy's heifer. So we wouldn't disturb all the heifers. We get him separated. And then here goes my stepfather trying to track in behind him to get him roped. Well, the sad part was my stepdad's usual horse, which was his stallion that he always went to go do day work on was hurt for whatever reason. So he borrowed one of my horses. My horses were trained for calf roping. And if anybody's ever ridden very many calf roping horses, they know that that calf roping horse's job is to stop. And when that rope goes by their head and they feel uh, sometimes your weight shift or they, they get a cue from you, whether it be inadvertent or on purpose, they get a cue from you. They just want to stop. Well, the sad part was, is my stepfather roped the bull, which was very unusual for him to catch on the first try, but he roped the bull a little bit deep, meaning he got the bull, not just around the head and neck, but he also got his hump caught too. Even Charlet bulls have a little bit of hump right in front of their shoulders. So he roped the bull a little bit deep, got the rope around the hump. And my stepfather was tied on hard and fast, which means he didn't dally. He, the rope wasn't loose. It was literally tied to the saddle horn. 
and he shifted his weight wrong and he must have said something like no or whoa or whatever. And all of a sudden my big horse just stuck his butt in the dirt and stopped. Well, he stopped, but the bull didn't. And when the bull kept going, he hit the end of the rope very quickly and with a lot of power. Well, when it did, apparently my stepfather's cinch wasn't good, nor his back cinch wasn't good. <laughs> so when that bull hit the end of the rope, and the bull probably weighed close to 200 or 2,000 pounds, when he hit the end of the rope and bam, he jerked so hard, the cinch broke and the back cinch broke. And before you know it, my stepfather and the saddle was flying off over my horse's head going, following the bull. And now here is my stepfather hitting the ground, still in the saddle though. I'll give him credit for that. Still in the saddle. He hits the ground, but the bull never slows down, just keeps going. So my stepfather rolls off the saddle and the bull just keeps running. But now 30 feet behind him, he's dragging a saddle behind him. Well, now my stepdad's cussing at me like crazy. Gosh, dang it. And it's kind of putting it mildly, but he was kind of cursing like a sailor telling me, catch that blankety blank bull. He's going to tear up my saddle. The problem is I'm riding another horse that's pretty green and we couldn't get him to go past that saddle dragging in the dirt behind the bull. And we had to literally wait until the bull got tired of running before he, uh, he stopped. Well, I guess you could say that that scenario of when the bull hit the end of the rope and the saddle broke and started <laughs> getting dragged behind the bull with my dad still in it. I guess you could say that was one of those all of a sudden moments. Because it did happen very quickly and it happened all of a sudden. But think of all of the planning and all of the mistakes that led up to that moment. And to me, I look back at it today and I think, you know, it was comical as hell. Although I couldn't tell my step, I mean, I couldn't let my stepdad know that I was laughing my butt off at him because I'd have, I'd have really gotten a hiding. But it was so comical because it, it, it's almost like I saw it happen in slow motion. I saw my horse stop. I heard this big loud pop. I see the saddle and my stepfather going off over in front of my horse's head. And then I see the saddle get, getting dragged behind the bull and my horse now afraid of the saddle flopping around behind the bull. I mean, the whole thing was just an absolute comical situation. And I couldn't help but to think that when my stepfather got in the truck, he says, man, I was okay until all of a sudden my, my cinch broke. And I'm thinking, but number one, you were tied on hard and fast to a great big animal. Number two, you shouldn't have roped him so deep. And number three, you should have been riding a horse better to keep him from stopping because you knew he was a calf horse. So in other words, all of these things that the human did to be wrong caused an all of a sudden moment that got my horse blamed for blankety blank sucker shouldn't have stopped and that bull shouldn't have been running so hard. I mean, all those things were blamed on the animals, but the reality was every bit of that should have been and could have been prevented. But it, it, at the same time, Laura, almost always when I hear an all of a sudden moment, that's one of the first stories that pops into my mind is, is that all of a sudden. And of course, the reason was all human related. The reason was, you know, poor roping, poor balance in the saddle, poor decision by being tied on hard and fast. But I must admit, it was pretty darn funny at the time. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it's an interesting point, though, that, you know, things may happen fast, uh, even suddenly, but there's always a reason. And it, whether yeah. it is human error or, you know, the horse's nature and, you know, a mixture of the, the horse's nature and, and the environment, things happening, there's always a reason. And I, I think there's some value maybe in 
after the event is over with and, you know, everybody's okay, taking some time to do a little bit of uh, postmortem on it. And how did that happen? What, what was the reason? Were there signs that I could have seen to, and, and how can I prepare so it doesn't happen that way again? Right. I guess and you know, and yeah. sometimes we just have to have trust and faith in our horses also. For example, another story, a, a guy that was, uh, that I'd known my whole life and he went and checked his cattle on horseback every day. And he knew that I was training horses and he knew that I'd started traveling the country doing clinics. So he, he called me up one day. He says, Hey Van, you, you remember old Jake, which was his big gilding's name? I said, yeah. He said, well, I got a question for you. He said, I've been riding Jake for the last 12 or 13 years. Riding out past the same hay ring, going out to the same gate to go out and check my pasture. And for whatever reason, today, he wouldn't walk past that hay ring. So you're the horse trainer, so you tell me why he wouldn't do that. And so I asked him to explain a little bit more. And he says, well, we're just walking along. And of course, again, all of a sudden, and for no reason, the horse just stepped to the side and wouldn't walk very close at all to that big hay ring. And he said later... I finally got him to go up to the hay ring and I looked around. Even I even got off and, and looked inside the hay ring and checked it out. And there wasn't anything in it. There wasn't, there was no reason that we could see why the horse should be worried about that hay ring. He said, so you tell me, Mr. Horse person. He said, you tell me why that horse wouldn't walk past that hay ring. He'd walked past that thing for a good 12 or 13 years. So why today did he do something different? And I said, well, Mr. Williams, it could have been anything. I mean, it, I said, for example, which way was the wind blowing? Oh, what, what do you mean? What's that got to do with the darn thing? Could have been something in the wind. Maybe today was the very first time the horse ever smelled something dead off in the distance or smelled something different in the distance. Or maybe the horse has got those great big eyes. Maybe he saw something off in the distance, but maybe coincidentally he saw that or smelled that at the same moment that he was walking close to the hay ring and he just put the two together. They may not be related at all, but you see what I'm getting at, Laura, is that sometimes we just have to be aware that horses' perceptions of things might be different than ours. And their reaction to us may seem irrational or inconsistent or very sudden. But the reality is, is that the horse was just basically giving the guy at least some sort of notice and some sort of indication that there was something different about today. But you see, rather than having the trust in the fact that there just might be something different, something that we as humans may not be able to see and observe, but we've got to sometimes just trust our horses. And I'm not saying trust them to the point where we just throw the reins to the wind and just let them go do whatever they want to do, but just understand that, you know what, they are beings also. And their instincts, their keen instincts to survive are oftentimes much stronger than ours. And we simply just need to trust that and be aware that it's okay if the horse is reacting or responding a little differently today. But you see, oftentimes we, we run the risk of not being aware of that. And by insisting that the horse behave as consistently as he has over the last 12 or 13 years at the same spot at the same time or whatever the case may be. But if we put too much emphasis on that, we might end up changing the horse's trust and confidence in us, you see. But instead, if we was to just kind of relax, pet the horse and say, I don't know what's bothering you today, buddy, but you know, we got a job to do. We got to walk up to that gate and go check the cattle. And I'm not saying just totally ignore and forget the potential problem. I'm just saying, don't make a big deal out of it. Yeah. Let it just become part of the ride. 
But if you make a big deal out of it, and if the horse perceives that you're the one making the big deal out of it, you run the risk of the horse losing trust in you. So sometimes in order for the horse to really trust you at all times, we have to show the horse that we are willing to trust him at all times and let his reaction be his reaction. Let his response be his response. I tell people sometimes don't buy into the drama. You know, don't buy into, and I even joke around, call it the Facebook drama. Don't, don't buy into the Facebook drama. It's just drama. It's not your drama. In this case, it's the horse's drama. Just be aware of it, but don't make a big issue out of it unless it becomes a big issue. And then at that case, just be prepared for it, but don't be part of the problem, you see. And so oftentimes when those potentially all of a sudden movements or, or things happen, then we just simply just need to be aware of it. Even if we don't know what it is, just be aware that we're seeing something different from our horses and then just trust our horses, trust their response. Unless, of course, it's just violent and different. But if it's just something like in in uh, Mr. Williams' case where the horse was just kind of voiding the hay ring, just don't make a big deal out of it because then you might become part of the problem and the horse may lose trust and faith in you, not just in that situation, but maybe in the next situation that comes up that the horse sees something a little bit different. So it's very important for us to remember, too, that all of a sudden and for no reason, the all of a sudden thing I can buy into, but let's be as aware of our environment as possible, be aware of the horse's responses and reactions to things as much as we possibly can, but don't buy into it. Don't be a part of the problem. Maybe just kind of give your horse a moment of trust to kind of get through the situation. And then when the time does arise, be a good leader for him. Don't be part of the problem. Be a good leader for him. And part of that being a good leader is always being aware. That's the most important thing about today's lesson, I think, is just have that very heightened sense of awareness. But don't get awareness confused with anxiety or nervousness or paranoia, for that matter. Just be aware. Okay. So good things to think about. And I was, I was thinking as you were telling the, the couple of stories that you shared about the all of a sudden and for no reason stories that might be fun if, uh, if listeners wanted to share some of their all of a sudden and for no reason stories. <laughs> And, uh, That's a great idea, Laura. Wouldn't that be cool? I would love for, matter of fact, let's just throw that out there to folks, man. Let's just send us your really cool all of a sudden stories. Wouldn't that be great? Yeah. So you can you can email those to info at vanhargis dot com and uh, or or post them on the Van Hargis Horsemanship Facebook page and we can all uh, and, and maybe Van you can analyze what the issue might be or just enjoy the story because like like we've already said a lot of times those stories are pretty amusing after the fact when everybody after has survived <laughs> safely <laughs> right right. Um, so anyway, I know you like hearing from listeners. So uh, again, remember info at vanhargis.com. You can always email questions, comments, suggestions for super, uh, or for future episode topics. All, all of those things are welcome and you can email those to van there. A couple of things I know van, you're, uh, as, as this episode is airing as people are listening to it, you've, you've come off of a really busy travel season going to various expos and events around the country and even up into Canada and various other places. Uh, what's, what's the rest of your year looking like? 
Well, thank goodness. I mean, I, I don't get me wrong, Laura. I just love going places and seeing people in their own environments and, and going to horse expos all over the country. That's, I, I literally live for those moments. It's so fun to, to meet people at, at their area, you know, wherever it may be. I just love going places and seeing people and participating in the horse expos. Um, but at the same time, I'm very much a homebody. When I'm home, I love to be home. But I also love to have people here with us. And uh, so during our slow time of the year, which is the very end of December, January, and almost all of February, that's a great time for people who who would like to come down and ride with us and spend some time with us on the ranch. That's a perfect time for those guys to come and do that before our spring schedule starts picking back up again. And uh, we've had people from all over the country as well as from out of the country. We've had folks from New Zealand and Australia come down and spend some time with us. As you may know, that their seasons are directly opposite. So, uh, but we've also had people that would come getting out of their very cold environment to come down in our much more milder environment down here in Texas to spend some time with us riding. And um, they can come down and spend a, a few days, a couple of weeks, or we even got one guy inquiring about coming down and spending the entire winter time with us. In other words, the entire time of of January and February. We've got room to house people if they would love to stay on the ranch, but if not, they're, they're more than welcome to stay in a hotel, which is only roughly 20 minutes away from the ranch, and come out and ride with us every day. Those services and those opportunities are available to them. If they're interested, they just need to go to our website, tell us their situation, how long they'd like to stay, and, uh, and we'll, we'll figure out some sort of price arrangement for them to make it very much worth their while. But we really want to encourage people to come and take advantage of our downtime from travel and uh, come and spend some time riding with us every day and seeing what we do here at the ranch on a daily basis. And at the same time, maybe help them with their journey in horsemanship. Yeah, that sounds like a great opportunity. So it's not too soon to inquire if, if you're listening and that sounds like something you'd like to do to spend a a few days or longer with Van working with him one-on-one or in small groups and, and riding and, and all the things he talked about, it's not too soon to reach out to Van for more information about the timing, the costs, and what that opportunity is. So you can, I assume they can just email you at the same email address at info at vanhargis.com. Absolutely. And Laura, keep in mind too, we've got a few horses uh, on the ranch that that we can lease out for people to ride here if they don't want to haul their horses. Um, obviously the ladies from New Zealand and Australia didn't bring a horse in their luggage. Um, <laughs> and, and nor did the guy that came in from New York and spent quite a bit of time with us, but they're more than welcome to ride our horses here at the ranch. Or in some cases, folks do want to bring their own horses so that we can help them work with their issues that they may be having with their horse. And quite frankly, some folks just feel more comfortable riding their own horse. So we, uh, we, we can accommodate both situations. They can either ride ours or they can bring their own. So it's a very, very customized program. It sounds like that. uh, Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So definitely if that sounds interesting to you, check into it, shoot an email off to Van and, and see if you can work something out. Uh, Similarly, I want to make sure we remind people about your new program that is using technology. If you can't come to the ranch to ride with Van, you can still get a lesson with him through the Wonders of Modern Technology and the Video Lesson Program. And there's information about that on the website as well at vanhargis.com. But this, I think, basically just 
involves you videotaping yourself riding your horse. And I say videotaping. Nobody uses tape anymore, Laura. Um, <laughs> I say that all the time, Laura. <laughs> you, you, you use your phone or a video camera, whatever, and send that video down to Van and you'll get his feedback. And, and uh, all the information about that is on the website as well at, at uh, vanhargis.com. And lots of other interesting stuff there as well. So anything else we want to tell them about before we wrap this up this time? Just want to remind everybody about the, uh, the top pan club. It's, uh, it's, it's something that I think is, uh, it's getting a tremendous amount of interest from people. We're getting great feedback on it. And the, the video library grows every time we go to a clinic or an expo somewhere, we just add to it. And then we're also filming things on request. So if there's certain things that people would love for us to cover and they don't see the video they'd like to watch in our video library, they can send a request and we videotape it the best we can at the ranch and the, in the scenario, the best I understand it. And we post it. And then that, that member that sends in that request, they get the first heads up about it. Sometimes we'll even send them a copy of the video before we actually put it on the website. Um, so we just want our folks to understand that the top pan club, uh, memberships are still available on the website. And apart from the, the, the video library, they get a discount on everything that we have available on our website, everything from the clinics to all of our products. And when you consider, Laura, that our saddles, I get a 10% discount on our saddles as well. That pays for several years memberships. This is what you can save on the purchase of one saddle. Um, so it's, it's just a big deal. We're very proud to be able to offer that at, at, uh, at a very reasonable rate. And to find out the rate that's available now, you just simply go to our website and click on that top hand, that top hand logo thing, and they can find that out. But with Laura, as we close, I just want to remind everybody, too, that, uh, I, again, I say this all the time, but I, it's, I say it with the absolute most sincerity. And, and that said, I'm so appreciative of all the listeners that we have. I, I appreciate the people staying in contact as good as they do on Facebook. And I appreciate the encouragement for us to continue with Ride Every Stride. Uh, I, I appreciate the, the comments that we get when we're traveling out and about. And, um, and and honestly, if it wasn't for the listeners, we wouldn't be po- posting this and, and, and publishing the Ride Every Stride podcast. So I want to just continue to pour my expression of appreciation and gratitude to those listeners. And, and again, thanks to you and John for making it possible. Um, John, obviously, is our producer. And Laura, you're just a, a wonderful co-host. And we just really appreciate everything that you do to make the program as good as it is. But with that, I just want to tell everybody to, to remember that it's your ride, it's your trail, and it's your journey. So ride every stride. Ride every stride.